cuff and, and stuff, right? So I, I personally like the organized chaos philosophy and approach to things. Well, that's the way it's been since we started. This. Yeah. And I think I think it's worked out pretty good. Like, it I certainly think, has. You know? Yeah. So, anyways. Um, good morning, everyone. Good morning. good morning, Douglas. How are you? Oh, I'm, you know what, if, there were, if I was doing any better, there'd be an army of me. No kidding. No kidding. Not I'm just doing twins, eh? Not just twins. No way, no siree. See, if I was any better, I'd be at, except the male version. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, Already. boy. All right, so, of course. Oh, well, wait a minute. We're going to have to say hello here. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, Good we morning. are. Good morning. How are you today? Good. Hey, where are you going? Uh, we're on. We're come on. Are you? Yeah, like, we're actually. We've got somebody behind us now. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Let her, let her go play. Holy smokes! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, um. So everyone, welcome to the T-Box Chatter Golf Podcast. I'm your host Alexander Toth with my co-host Doug Lauder. And uh, let's just talk about our weeks in golf. Yes, let's. Morning. How Morning. are you? Good, you guys? Good. So, how was, how was your week this, uh, this past week? It was good. Had men's night uh, last Wednesday. Um, played with Scott, Terry, and Dave. We had a really good time. My front nine, well, wait till you hear this. I came in with a 41 on the front. After parring one, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, I had a nine on number three. Ooh, and for everyone out there, just to let you know about this hole, um, there is some trouble down the right side. There's a whole bunch of fescue. Uh, it's a dogling right, um, you know. So it's a relatively, I won't say straightforward hole. Hole, but it's it's not straightforward in the fact that there is a bunker out there that at the corner and the ideal place to play is just left of the bunker you have about 150 maybe even a little less in right but if you try to fly the bunker and you are the least bit right of that you are in the deep stuff oh yeah and we're talking deep, deep. like as the in threes. Oh yeah, we're, we're we're talking like well inside the Amazon rain, uh, rainforest. Absolutely. You know, like we're yeah. talking Amazon jungle here. Yes. You, you know, so yeah. um, so what happened then for you to post that? Uh, well, I had a uh, meltdown on the tee. Just wasn't thinking, and I did top the ball. I literally topped the ball. Okay, so now was this a carryover from something that happened on the hole earlier? No, because I played that perfect. Green and regulation, two per easy putts, walked away. Perfect. End of story. Yeah. So then you get on the tee on number three. Topped it. Now I'm in the, the thick stuff right down the front of the tee. Pull out the hybrid, chopped down on it, just got it out. Next shot, I pulled out five wood. Believe it or not, I was pin high on my third shot, right of the green. Pin high, right. but right on your third shot. And I'm in the deep stuff. Okay, so I, I, I know where you are, so you're basically right at the cart path. Correct, now I've got to put that, get that out of the deep stuff, over the bunker, onto the green. 
and I got it out of the deep stuff, and it just caught the front lip of the bunker, came back in, got out, barely got out. By then it was like, I don't care anymore. And I stick handled to the flag and added up, and it was a nine, which was fine. I, it didn't bother me that much. And then the next wall striped a nice, nice, lazy little draw right up to the corner. I had about 155 in on that par four. Yeah. Hardest hole on the golf I was course. I say hardest hole on the golf course. Yeah. Hit the green, two putts, walked away with four, and it just went on from there. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I, I think the one thing that is very commendable here and that has to be spoken about is the fact that you bounced back so nicely from that score on the whole prior. I mean, that says a lot. Well, you know? I, I think the, the whole prior, number three, where I, you know, messed up, it was, uh, I chalk it up to an, anom an anomaly. Um, it was just one of those things. You know, I wasn't mad at all. It didn't get me riled in any way. I just, you know, Scott was keeping score. Terry, would you have a six? Dave, would you have? I had a six too. Dougie, I had a nine. Never said anything. Just wrote it down. Away we went. Teed up. Bang. Perfect. Yeah. So. And that's the thing about this game. You know, the shorter your memory, the better it is. You know, what so were we talking about it, it precisely. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I mean, great job. I mean, that's Thank you. that's all that's all I can say. Um, how was your putting? The putting was was good. Awesome. But I did not hole anything. The first putts, when I mean, they were they were to the hole and knock in. And when I did miss the green, which was a couple times, my chipping around, you know, the, the short game that we have worked on out here, it was fine where I'm close enough where just walk up and knock it in and Perfect. walk away. So, you know, to me, the putting was fine. Did I hole any lungs? No. But I didn't three putt. Okay, so on your long putts, how, how was your pace? It was great. The Got it to the hole? Fine. Got it to the hole. That, that, I mean, most of the time I got it to the hole. Yeah. When I miss a putt, and I'm not talking left or right, when I miss a putt, it never goes long. It is always short. Huh. And that's for me misreading the putt. I have a tendency just to assume that this is how, how much I have, how hard I have to hit this putt to get it to the hole. I do not walk around and take a look at slope, uh, you know, gradient. No, grain, yeah, and I should. I should start taking my time. But again, and we're going to talk about this later. Pace of play. Yes. You know, and this doesn't bother me. You know, to to that great of an extent. I know that I hit the the, the putts that I hit short are not three feet left, three feet right. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're online. See, like it's. You know, and, and do you think that at times, you know, it could be a matter of maybe giving the greens too much respect, as in from a speed standpoint? Could do you think that well. that trickles into your head? Well yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, you know, and I think that happens to a lot of golfers out there, golfers that are listening to us right now, um, where where that happens. I mean, if I if I have a fault on the greens, that's probably what it is. Yes, you know, like I tend, I actually tend to overread. Mm -hmm. You know, um, these greens out here do not break as much as, as 
we tend to think they do. No, you're pretty much. The ball stays it, pretty much on one. It, it does, and you're pretty you're pretty much you know better going for a center of the hole than than anything else. In, in most cases, not all cases, right. because there are some beans out there that uh, they have a little bit more to them than you think. Yes. You know, so I mean, I played Niagara Falls Country Club over in Lewiston, where they have the uh, <laughs> the Border Cup. I played in the qualifying over there one year, and my lawyer is a member, was a member, mm. and uh, we went over there the one time and we got on the one green. I can't remember which one it was, but it was on the back, and I'm pin high, left, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like. I have no idea how much break there is in this. And so I asked him, I said, Danny, I said, like, how much break do I put in? He says, hang on, I'll have you put it to me. And he walked up to the, near the back of the green. I had aimed 15 feet left. It was 15 feet left of that pin to get the ball to come back down to the ball. We have nothing like that here. Yeah. Which, yep. it's neither good nor bad. This no. is just the way it is. Yeah, I, I, I mean... And, the good and, thing about this course, in my mind, is these greens are sort of larger. Yeah, they're... They're not massive, but they are larger. So you can hit the green, but you're a long way from that hole. Oh, yeah, like the, the square footage of the greens here, you know, they're... I mean, they're among some of the bigger complexes overall that I've seen. They're not on golf on the lake postage stamp. No, no, no. Correct. No, not by any means. No. No. And, and that is a good thing down there. Yep. I love those greens. I love that golf course. That is absolutely one of my favorite golf courses. Niagara on the Lake. Niagara yeah. on the Lake. I'm there with you. You know, I mean, you know, and, and, and okay, yeah, the history, I'm not going to lie, it plays a part, you know, all this course in, in North America. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but what I find... The most amazing thing about that golf course is the fact that hole eight is exactly how it was back in 18, oh, I forgot what year it was. Yeah. But anyways. Hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. It's always been the way that, it, that I mean, everything about it. Absolutely. You know, the bulkhead and, you know, that that's in the bunker there, like all that, it's unchanged from, yes. you know, almost yeah. a century ago. Yeah. A century? No, like two. Yeah, good. We're getting close. Yeah, you know we're for what probably about forty years short of it. Like yeah. I, I usually I know my dates, but uh, you know I can't remember off the top of my head when. A long when, time. It's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great course. You know. If, if I if I could uh, recommend right now, people come to the area. Do not overlook Niagara on the Lake. Oh no, and I think it's a nine-hole course. There are obviously two two decks. Yep. You know, two two pin or two tee boxes that you play front and back. But let me tell you, it's it's a treat. I, and you know what? Like I think that would scare off a lot of people. It's like, well, you know, it's it's only nine holes, and yeah, you know, there's two specific tee areas. Um, but it shouldn't deter people. No, you want to know what the first the first tee, oh. the first tee is in is it intimidating? Oh, what's every, down the left? What's down the left? Oh, down the left is uh, the Oban Inn and the Rose. <laughs> do you want to go there? You don't want to go there, but do you, you don't want to go right. <laughs> nope, because what's right? Ah, uh, Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario. 
<laughs> you, you know, yeah. the shows like Ontario. Yeah. You know, people think, well, this is, you know, what they look at, they can absolutely look at the scorecard and go, well, that's a short hole, that's a birdie. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, tee it up and tell me if you're gripping that club a little too tight. It, exactly, correct. correct. Yeah. And some of the scenes, scenery on that, oh. on that course, especially if you play Twilight. Yes. Um, I mean, the, the scenery out there, uh, you know, you get the sun setting over Lake Ontario. Uh, you know, what hole is it? Uh, I want to say it's the third hole after the long power five where you have that short power three. Yes. And next to it is a memorial for the soldiers. That's right. Uh, from the War of 1812. Yeah. You know, and you have that fence there. Like, it, it's just, there's a vibe or an atmosphere on that, on that golf course that you don't experience anywhere else. Yep. You know, and I used it, to be a member down there with a friend of mine. That's crazy. Yeah, and uh, we've actually played, and we were following, well, the one time we were following a couple women, and uh, so we're marching along behind them. They were just motoring along, and all of a sudden we get on the one hole, and we knew they teed off, and they're gone. And we waited for a minute or so, and there was no sign of them, no bags, no nothing. So we teed off, we got down into the fairway, and we just happened to look down to the left. I believe it would have been all six. All six. One, Four. Two. Three's, three's the par three, right? Am I right, am I right about that? Three's now the, long, the par five down okay. the road. Then so the par four three. Four is the par three. Then you're going back the other way. That's a par Could five be. as well. Yeah. So anyway... Here they were. Tight too. Here they were. They had put their carts in amongst the trees and went down to the beach. And it's not that far down, right? No, not at all. No, and they just they took off their their golf outer clothes, you know, their their shorts and their top, and decided we're going for a swim. No kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And we sort of <laughs> yelled at them, and you know, they looked up. They were in the water, and they're brown pants, panties, and, you know, frankly, frankly, I mean, we were laughing. Yeah. And they, they started laughing. Can we play through? <laughs> <laughs> you knock yourself out. And away we went. Nobody thought anything of it. That's awesome. You know? But the, I believe it's the next hole, the part four, where it's that sharp dog leg left. Oh, that hole is awesome. Down, and what's behind it? Fort Mississauga. No, not that one. Oh. Nothing but Lake Ontario. Oh, I know the hole you because the there's I mean? there's a specific tree there that I love. Yes. And I know it's weird to say that about a tree, but it's been windswept, you know, yeah. from, from being on Lake Ontario for hundreds of years. Yes. You know, like... Yeah, I know. I know the whole. Suffice it to say, you should play that course. Everybody should. Absolutely. Just to walk around it once. Yep. You correct. know. I, oh, correct. I wrote a feature on it actually, uh, on on until the next tee. Yeah. And the way that as I was writing that story, I could smell in my in my mind the the, the wood smoke from the campfires from the soldiers. Sure. You know, and yeah. you know if you. If you go there at the right time of, of day, you know, and, and the right time of year, like the fall, there's just a certain... There's an atmosphere, an aura about the there, place. An aura. That's yeah. actually the, the exact word. Yeah. There's an aura about it. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. No. And the patio dining? Well, I mean... In the middle of the summer? Yeah. 
overlooking Niagara River, Fort Niagara across the, across the way. Yep. It's beautiful. And not to mention, uh, you know, there's the uh, Muskoka chairs, or as our American listeners would know them as, Adirondack chairs. Yes. Um, you know, they have them out there so you can just sit there with, with a drink and just watch the, watch Lake Ontario. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it's it's a great place. It is. You know? Yeah. You know, I mean, much like, but in a different way than, you know, as our current location, Niagara National. Niagara National, absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, I mean... So you had a pretty good week, you know. We threw we threw Niagara on the lake in there. Um, me, my week was pretty quiet from a golf standpoint. Yes. Um, wasn't feeling too good over the weekend, so I didn't come close to playing. Last time I played was with you, mm-hmm. um, and that was actually a week ago today. Yes. And one one takeaway from that round was the stability tour fire shaft from Breakthrough Golf Technology. Uh, again, boy oh boy, what a I was going to mention something last week when we talked about that putter shaft and how soft it felt in the head. I neglected to mention that I noticed the stability in the strike. Yeah. Yes, it was soft. Yeah. Yes, my face is softer than yours on my putter, whatever. But the stability of that shaft leans me towards thinking, you know. Is it worth the money to get one? Because I never was one to think a putter shaft would would change my game that much. And now I'm thinking, you know what? Huh. I might drop one, two shots around out here. Well, I mean, you correct. S- correct. I mean, and you see what it's done for me. You know, like absolutely. When Your putting has has elevated noticeably <laughs> with that shaft. Yeah. And, and I mean, they have all the scientific data, you know, I think they use Quintic or, or something to, um, you know, get the, get the pictures of, of it, you know, in, in super, is that super high speeds where they really slow it down? Yes. Um, you know, I mean, they, they have all the data to, to prove it, but I swear to God, you know, since you mentioned about, you know, it being more stable, there, I don't feel any oscillation there whatsoever. You know, as ball as as, as the ball leaves the, the, the head. Yeah. You know, like I just uh, that, I don't know. That, there's some there's something to, to keep, it. That has to keep the putter face more online all the way through. Which is the premise. Absolutely. And I've noticed yes. I mean, as good as that wingman putter is for me, I have noticed well, long putts, you do tend to hit it a little more off center because you're you've got a wider arc. Right. And I have hit it off center, more towards the toe sometimes, and the, I can feel it. I can feel a slight twist. And yeah. next next thought is, I'm hoping that ball gets to the hole. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, shaft. Absolutely, it's not the head. Yeah. The head. It's not the head twisting. It's the shaft. Well, it'd be interesting when we when we go out afterwards after we we're done recording this episode, you know, try a couple long putts with no with the stability. Well, I know what you mean, but you know what? I try hitting yours and mine off the toe on long putts and see what happens. Absolutely, you that's know, that's the test. The test Correct. isn't to hit it square all the time. No, the test it's is when to you're see mid. what happens on your miss. And and what is golf all about? It's about. It's, it's about, not about your good shots. It's about, about what how good your bad miss, your bad shots are. Exactly. It's all yeah. about the misses. That's right. And what you do with the misses. Yes. You know, 
So, um, you know, other, other than that, uh, the only thing I can really report on is that I have a whole bunch of equipment coming in to test and review. Um, some, yes. uh, you know, from golf balls, uh, from, from Vice, from Seed Golf as well. Which um, balls from Vice? Are they new? Um, it's or the, is it one of the products that we've had before? It's one that I've never experienced. Which is? You know what? I'm drawing a blank on is the, the name. Zero? Yes. Okay. The zero's coming in. I would love to try that ball because that is the ball that is geared, I believe, more towards my game. Yeah. Being my age. Yeah, I think I think the and zero's the compression. coming. Yeah, I think the zero's coming and I'm trying to remember what the other golf ball is that I haven't used. The last time I I, I tested and reviewed any, anything from Vice goes back to the uh, the ProSoft. Yes. So that was the last time I tested anything. So whatever's been released since, I'll be receiving and gloves from them as well. And what was the other one? Uh, the ball company? Yes. Uh, Seed. They're another one of these independent companies. Are they, have they been, like is there, a, is there a history with them? Like somebody, like the way Vice is? Um, smell, they come from another company and start their own? Basically, yeah, yeah. They're 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 another one of these Snell Vice. Um, Do you know where they came from? The, the people who created this seed ball. I think you mean where the actual golf ball comes from. No, them. Like, did they come from Titleist Callaway? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I'll be getting that information because yeah. that that's a podcast waiting to happen. Yeah. Uh, I've already yeah. talked to. Uh, talked to I think it's Jacob over there, and yeah. he's definitely willing to come on. Where are they out of? Uh, somewhere in the states, Arizona, California. But yeah. for some reason, I think the origins are actually Australia. But don't, yeah. don't, you know, take that to the bank by any means. So, yeah. you know, so I mean, that's coming. Then I have uh, shoes coming from Duca del Cosma, um, and last but not two least, two pair, ten and a half. I don't know if it's going to be two. <laughs> No, I'm I'm not I'm not joking, I'm not joking. So, um, I'll try fair because we're we're gonna we're gonna see what happens uh, with, with with that. Yeah. And of course, the new SX five fifty from Sky Golf. Yes. You know, which is pretty 500. cool. Five hundred. Well, five. Did I say five fifty. Yeah. Five five. Yeah. Five hundred. Yes. Yeah. So that's I, the larger I, screen. The five point five. So I. That's where I got the five fifty from for whatever reason. So uh, I understand their uh, uh, resolution is a little better now on that one. Which you know what? Which I'm looking forward to seeing because. Geez, I've I got the SX four hundred, and it's just fine. That's what I thought. I can't. I can't imagine what the new one's going to be like. So we'll is be, it three D? I don't know. Hologram. Maybe it's virtual. Hey. Oh, virtual reality. Yeah. You know, it where's transports that, where, us. Where's that granola? Anyway. <laughs> Long story, folks. Yes. Yeah. Now, do you, you have a Sky Caddy now, do you not? I have 400. Yeah. Yeah. Like mine. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And, uh, oh, look, Dave's here. <laughs> hey, guys. How hey, how's it going? Good. <laughs> Good. Folks, Dave is the chef out here. He's he's an awesome chef. Just <laughs> fabulous. Come out and have dinner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Always want to go. You don't have to golf. That's right. You do not have to have golf. 
to be here at the golf course. You just come out and eat Dave's food. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, and we're going to see what all saw comes. There's a couple of other requests that I'm trying. We'll see what happens. Good. And Good. So, you know, it's a, you know, it's a matter of course, you know, uh, you know, you know, approaching people and, you know, proving your worth to them kind of a thing. So yeah. I'm trying to do that for a couple other places as well, for other Good. companies. So yeah, so that was my weekend in a nutshell. It was more, it was more of a, you know, um, Well, before we sign off on this uh, weekend golf, yesterday I was mentioning to you, I was out here on the range with Scott and finally realized a whole bunch of things I was doing wrong. Of standing way too close to the ball. Yeah. Way too close. And with the back problem I have is he has a back problem also, um, which stems from work, what he does. And so he mentioned to me, try this. Open up that left foot a lot, the lead foot. Pull it back away from the ball. And I realized that I was too closed up too close to the ball, guess what that promotes? A flip, because I can't release through the ball, right? Correct, just what you were saying. But I didn't realize that I was still too close to the ball. You gotta, you, you have to give yourself room to get through the golf ball. Well, he hit a few. He's a little shorter than me. Yeah. His arms are shorter than mine. And he hit, a couple balls and I was watching where his feet were and I told I said don't move and was, you know we knew where the divot was so I pulled out another ball set it up put my feet where his was I, the first time I did it I told him I can't get to the ball I cannot make contact that ball is too far away I it felt like I couldn't hit that thing with a broom. Yeah, and then you end up getting on your uh, on your to uh, tips of your toes, and but that also helps bring the flip and the chicken wing into things. He piece told too. me he said just just hit it, just yep. try it. So I did. Yep. Striped it. Now it still may be a little too far away from me. Yep. But I was way too close. I've got to get a lot further away from that ball than. Than I have been. So, yeah. So, does it work? Yes. I'm, I was very happy with uh, what came out of that yesterday. Um, I have realized that I do not need a driver. Well, especially with you, especially with you playing, you know, the four tees. I mean, you, the way that this gentleman hits the ball, folks. For a seventy-one-year-old man, there's a lot of thirty-year-olds out there that would love to hit the ball that the way that he does. So. Thank you. Thank you, I appreciate that. You know, and we all want to hit it the way we did in our 20s. It's absolutely. reality that we're not going to. And with regards to that, did you see the Champions Tour on the weekend? I did. Did you see it? I did. Did you see the interview with Chris DeMarco? Unfortunately, I didn't see the interview. Okay. They asked, they said, how's your game? And he laughed. And he says, well, he says, I'll tell you honestly, he said, I came out here and he says, I cannot keep up to some of these guys anymore. In fact, he says, I can't keep up to a lot of these guys anymore. So I realized rather than swinging harder at the ball and trying to chase distance to stay with them, I'm going to take an extra club. 
I will take maybe two extra clubs. Yeah. And guess what? Like he said, he's making better contact, he's playing better golf, and more importantly, he's enjoying it more. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I am. You know, as you know, you hit the ball farther than me. You hit it about the same as Scott, right? Yeah. You're at least a club longer than me. Yeah. I don't care. I wish that they would North, take the North number City. off the bottom of the club and give me a Sharpie. And I could do what Lee Westwood does. And there's a lot of people out there that do not realize what he does. If he hits his 8-iron, say 140, or sorry, 150, he writes 150 on the club, on yeah. the back of the club. So he checks his book, he checks the yards. Okay, you know what, I got 147 in there. What am I gonna hit 147? He goes over and he pulls out his 150 club. Yeah. He doesn't pull out his eight iron, he pulls out the, the 150, 150 club. club. Yeah, which is, I mean, I like it. You know, just like, you know, I I used to love when there were just lofts put on the, on the, on the, on the club as well. You know, there's a lot of people that don't like that. Yeah. But I mean, I, I like seeing the loft, that's even better. Well, that's you know? something else that we could address later on, is loft. Is the loft on a Callaway the same as the loft on a Titleist, which is the same as the loft on a Mizuno? No. You would think that, you know... I mean, the 8-irons. Yeah. You pull out 8-irons from, from every company, oh, God. are they all going to be identical? If you, if you, pull, if you pull them out from... from different models from the same company they're not going to be the same correct so we go to golf it's relative town. we go to golf town golf golf galaxy wherever you want to go and okay you know what i want to try some clubs okay well here hit the seven iron. Yeah. try this one you hit it okay that's fine here's a different seven iron. Ooh, i get that a lot better yeah well, i like this club that's because the loft is different well it's 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 four degrees stronger than the one that you just hit correct you know, and so you are going to hit it farther. But well, it's going to it you have be harder to, to hit. You know what? I'm, I I still swear up and down that I hit my 47 degree pitching wedge further than my 45. Really? Yep. And we're talking about a set from a defunct company called Kick X. Mm -hmm. yep. um, I swear that I hit that club better, mm -hmm. higher ball flight. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't make much of a difference. It's two degrees. Yeah. But there's just something that I, I like about 47 degrees. Um, it convert and you know the clubs that are currently in my bag, the Tour Edge CBX Forged. Yes. That pitching wedge is a little bit closer to what I what I'm used to. It's 46 degrees. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it's not 45. It's not 44 like new level. Uh, um, the, the 1031 Forged that I tested a couple of years ago. Yeah. A couple of, it was about four years ago now, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, but no, you're you're not gonna find the same loft. No. Unlike you know, generations gone by, where you know what, every company, whether it was Slazinger, oh boy, that came out rough, Slazinger or Dunlop, Dunlop or or, or whoever, thing. yeah, whomever. you know, McGregor, yeah, you know, the list goes on and on. You knew that everyone. I'm assuming that's before my golf time. But everyone was forty nine degrees for pitching wedge, or Pretty much. they like they didn't they didn't waffle around with no. with lofts. No, you know everything. Everyone had the same pitching wedge or ten iron. 
But or most eleven of, iron. Most of the time, they played the same shaft. Yeah. They were not the shaft options back then. Oh God! What what did you have as an option? I mean, steel. Yeah. Steel and. There was two tamper, and I think there was another one that that eludes me at the moment right now. Um, I can see I can see the label, but well, Dunlop and label uh, Dunlop and label Dunlop and McGregor had their own labels, but you can't tell me that they made their own shots. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? We'll just say that it was two tamper. I mean, yeah. and and you know what? To this day, what is the gold standard as far as shafts go? Steel, steel, but in particular, well, what shaft? Well, two tamper, and now. You know, I mean, there I, I mean, you have KBS now. Projects, KBS. But for the longest time, the, it was true temper. It was that was, and in particular, it was dynamic gold. Yes. That was, you know, that was the the standard. Yeah. yeah. Speaking you know, of clubs, Champions Tour. Yes. Tell me about Stephen Alker. I'm going to tell you something about him, but you go ahead. Well, I mean, we have a gentleman here. We have a, a Kiwi. Of course, Stephen Alker is from yep. New Zealand, yep. and I'll be honest, it wasn't until last year when he emerged on the Champions Tour late in the season right. that I even knew that he existed. I did because he was friends with a friend of mine. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's cool. I knew this guy that, that lived around here. Um, I did work part-time for him. He had one of these uh, club um, companies where you you know you buy the head, the shaft, the grips, and put them all okay. together yourself. Yeah, component components. Well, that went defunct. Pretty much, they all have. Yep. And he married a girl that uh, from the U.S. and moved to Michigan. So he's gone. But he was good friends with Stephen Alker. Really? Yeah. I mean, the guy was the guy. You know, he was for years on Australasia tour. Uh, you know, he played uh, Canadian Ferry. tour, Corn Ferry. Yes. Um. But man, oh man, has he ever exploded since getting on the Champions Tour? Well, he's won three of the last five, and the two that he didn't win, he finished T2, T3. Yeah, I mean the guy. I mean, just result after result. He took him, took him his biggest paycheck ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, by winning the KitchenAid uh, Senior PGA, yeah. I think it was six hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars he yeah. took home for his efforts. Um, you know, but what a, what what a story he's been. Well, did you, know? you see his record on the PGA Tour? No, but there must be a crap load of missed cuts there. <laughs> well, first of all, he played just over 80 tournaments. Okay. He missed 47 cuts. Ooh. No top 10s. Okay, 80 tournaments for... Wow. Yes. Less than half yes. cuts made. Yes. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, and then he played on what is now the DP World Tour. Yeah. So he played in Europe. He played just less number of tournaments. I think it was still in the eight. It may have been 80 right on. He still missed just about, well, half of the cuts, one top 10. And now look at him. What's he won, 11 of 19? Like, it's crazy. Whatever it it's, is, it's it, nuts. <laughs> You know, I mean, I mean is, in your mind, is he the golfer of the year on the Champions Tour? He, he has to be right, right now. now, right, right now. Yeah, hands down. I mean, he held off longer yes. this past weekend, who was only two shots back. I mean, the guy goes out there on, on Sunday and fires a sixty-three. Yeah, I mean, came from what 
or back. Like, yeah, like from out yeah. of nowhere. And it's not like games folded. No. I mean, he played okay. Yeah. But he didn't shoot a yeah. 63. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> you know, and that golf course looks amazing, too. It does. Harbor Shores. It does, doesn't it? You know, like, yeah. what, what a great-looking course that is. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, the funny thing, too, about Alker is the equipment that he plays. I was just going to ask, what, what, what is he playing? Well, irons and wedges, he's playing new level. And you have a set. I have, but not not the ones that he has. No, no. Um, you know, which which brings us to a point. There are companies out there, independent golf manu manufacturers, OEMs, yep. that produce amazing equipment that aren't the likes of Callaway, TaylorMade. You know, and just because it's not one of those mainstream brands. Oh my God! Doesn't mean that it's crappy equipment. I mean, what are some independent brands that come off the top of the head? Okay, first, of course, Alker with New Level. They've they've they're now tour proven. They've won on tour, and that's something that the founder and owner of that company, Eric Birch, must be extremely proud of. Oh, I mean, absolutely. did did he ever put his money on the right horse? Yes. You know, so I mean that I mean, so there's them. Of course, you have the likes of Sub-70, who just year after year after year just brings out clubs that are on fire. I mean, every club of theirs that I've made swings with thus far, all it's done is impress the crap out of me. Like, yeah. you know, the 699 Pros, the 699s, um, you, you know, their wedges, the Pro Fairywood. Um, you know, I've never hit a driver of theirs. No, I haven't either, but I've hit through three. Yep. The three wood. Um, they're hybrids. I have a three hybrid in my bag. I have the irons and I have the wedges. And I am seriously considering getting the three wood that Scott has. He has the three, the strong three wood. And with the riptide shaft in it. And let me tell you, I hit it the other day, yesterday out here, and I hit it twice. And both times, just strike that thing. It was so easy to hit, and the ball just kept going. Again, I don't need a driver. Yeah, I exactly. don't need a driver. And there are a lot of players that don't need a driver in their bag. They think they hit the driver like 280. They don't. They nope. hit it like 210, 220. Yeah. And they'd be better off with the 3-wood, because they can probably hit the 3-wood at least as far, and it generates more confidence and they'll be in the fairway. Well, it, that's exactly it, you know? I mean, um, you know, the added loft, it, it brings in, you know, more accuracy. It's a shorter it's, club. It's a shorter club, easier to control. Correct. I mean... Yes. And it was, like, realistically, for a 20 handicap, what's the drop-off going to be in distance from driver to, to a three-wood? Oh. They might actually hit the three-wood further. further than the driver. You know, they're, because they're getting more square impact. Correct. They're, they they're, they're the flushing it more often. They nine times out of ten. They're further in the rough. Oh, absolutely. Trees, water, wherever. Yep. But back to the back to the equipment. Yes, there's new level. There's sub-70. At one point, I even considered Tour Edge as one of those companies. I, you know what? I, do, I, I still sort of do. Like, in a way. I, 
Only because, in my mind, you know why? Only because they're not on the PGA Tour, and we still don't know who plays them on the LPGA Tour. If anyone. If anyone. If anyone. And I'm, so, I'm going to finally wrangle uh, John Claffey as well, uh, the uh, the vice president of marketing for those guys. And I'm going to I'm going to find out straight up: yeah. Is there anyone on the LPG playing their clubs? Yeah. I will accept the Epson Tour as well as a, as an answer, or a, a, as a not an answer, but like I'll include them in, in the conversation. Yeah. You know, because I would love to know if there is. No, I, I'm the same way about Tour Edge, where I consider them an, an independent. Now, other companies that are small that, you know, could fall into that group that I don't are some of the Japanese domestic market companies, like 14. Yes. Um, who else is there? I mean, there's there's tons. PRGR. Uh, you can't. Mira. I mean, there's, the, 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 there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, ones we can't afford. Yep. Wow. But there's another uh, independent that, uh, that that's out there, um, and they're based in Vancouver. Who's that? Haywood. That's right. Too. There's Haywood Golf. Yes. You know, and they. I understand their product is pretty good. Yes. Yeah, um, but I can't. I can't speak to it. No, we because can't. I've never. It's only what I've read. Yeah. But you also got to take what you read at face value too, right? Because until you're proven otherwise. Correct. Try it. Yep. You know, like um, the one thing that I noticed though. You know, and I'm going to be the one to say it. There's some similarities between the, the, all these clubs from these different companies. Which is? Well, sometimes the, the looks they're they're pretty damn close. Like uh, the like the uh, 699s, they look all, a lot like the Haywood uh, hollow body. Now I don't know how much you can do to a hollow body club to make it different one from the other. Well, me neither, because I've looked at the sub 70s compared to the Pings. Yeah. Compared to the Titleist. Compared to the Taylor made. They all look very, very similar. Yeah. But again, you know, well, where can you go to change it up? Yeah. You know, you know, cavity backs, yes, you can change up that back because nothing's filled. Correct. Yeah. And if even the blades that these pros are playing, they look like the hollow bodies. Oh, from yeah. the back. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but, but that's like that. I don't care what the back looks like. Yeah. It's what I'm looking at as I dress the ball. I'm, I'm not fond of a thick top line. That's just me. Yeah. I like a thinner one. Oh, me too. Do I like paper thin like the old blades? Not now. I was going to say, not no more, not probably. No, not no more, I don't. But I bet you if someone were to throw an old spaulding executive one iron in front of you, I bet you. Like and it was in pristine oh. condition. I bet you you would salivate. Absolutely. You wouldn't play it. No. But you would salivate. I've got my old uh, power built citations at home. Two to the sandwich. I pulled up the two iron last week oh, just you, to take a look at. You it. have the old school citations. Yes, I do. Original grips, everything. The first set I ever got new, brand were those, new from my dad. Were those grips leather or, or no? No. No, they aren't. Eh? No. What what grips are on? Is it that old school golf pride group? Yes. The it's not the green. It's okay, not the I was gonna. No, I, the green the victory. victory. I couldn't remember no, the name of it. No, these are the the power built black and red ones. Okay. I'll bring them out one time. We'll hit them. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd I, be a I lot of fun. I put the two iron down. I just started laughing. It all it almost looked to me like it wasn't even as big as the ball I was gonna hit. You know. <laughs> 
know, yeah. like I said, it looks like a butter knife. Things have changed. You think? <laughs> Holy smokes. You know, so... Remember when the Callaway Big Bertha came out, the irons? Oh, they were oh the God. the size of the shovel I used in the backyard. The you know what? Day. When was that? That was like, what, 2002 or something like that? Too? Like, when, when was that? Ago. Like 1998, yeah. 99? Like, yeah. I don't remember exactly when it was. But I remember trying at a golf store that was in St. Catharines. Yep. Um, was it called Pro Golf? It was uh, um, like Lake Street and some, something else. And I remember two things in particular about that club. Yes. And bear in mind, I was in a serious golfer at this point. Not yet. Um, but the one thing I noticed was, one, I didn't like Tour Velvet then. And I don't like Tour Velvet now because no. it would slide out of my hand. It yes. slid out of my hands. Correct. But that god darn head, man, it was massive. That top line, the uh, as I know it now to be an offset, oh my lord. You don't, with oh. those clubs, you didn't measure, you measured the top line, the thickness, the width, and the offset in inches. Like, Correct? Oh my god. It, it was massive. Yeah. It was intimidating to me. I could it even it looked heavy. Clunky. clunky. It looked clunky. But it did generate confidence for those players that it was geared towards. At the time it was not geared towards me. I was playing blades then. Yeah. I was playing Australian blades. And Ooh. I played them well. I'd love to get another set. I would I really would just to have. Head of Greg Norman. Yeah. I'd like to get him. <laughs> yeah, hit up Greg Norman. We're not gonna flog. No, we're not. We're, I just thought no. I just thought of, you know, the Norman Blades. Yes. That that that's yeah. why I I, yes. I had nothing to do no. with current events. And they were nice blades. Oh I bet. Yeah. They I mean I've nice. I've seen pictures yeah. online. Oh they were nice. They were sweet. And it was a different model. They were different. That's why they were called what they were. They came out of Australia. They were Australian blades. It was a different steel. Players noticed it. Crazy. So, yeah. Like, I wonder what their tolerances are like compared to Japanese steel. Or what it would have been like. I don't know. I don't in comparison. Know. Well, everything has evolved now. But going well, back then, I have. I don't know. Yeah. No idea. I, oh. also, I also liked Hogan's. I like the Hogan irons. Yeah. I had a set of those. Um, some of the best I ever had were the McGregor's. I had a set of McGregor's. Oh man, they were nice. They were really nice. You know what? It's funny that you mentioned McGregor, and we're getting you know a little bit off topic, but not yeah. really from uh, you know things that we had planned on discussing today. Where's McGregor now? There. Somebody buy him up? I think it was like Golf Galaxy or, or Dix or somebody. I think they're Stop. still around. They're Are still they? around. But they don't have quality or whatever they're, that they did. I don't they're a box brand. They, they look yeah. like a box brand yeah. kind of a thing now. They're, 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 they're around, but not in the way that Lynx came back. Right. You know, because, uh, you know, of course, they came back a few years ago. The Freddy Couples Lynx? The Freddy Couples Lynx, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, that one is is different where they actually have premium golf clubs yeah you know they have 
you know they have a set of blades and and, and whatnot. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Laura Davies was or maybe still is uh, playing them when she's in, in competition. Yeah, I don't she, know. She was with Lynx. At, um, I mean, last year, year before for sure. Yeah, she was with Lynx. Yeah. So, you know, there's, I mean, really, there's a lot of good companies that obviously are no longer with us. You know, companies like Adams. But you go, you know, we go to Golf Town. Do you see New Level out there? No. Do you see Sub 70? No. Do you see Haywood? Nope. Do you see Tour Edge? Actually, no. Especially Exotics. Uh, uh, yeah. Some Hot Launch, yes. Exotics? Yeah. I have never seen an Exotics product in a golf town, which I find sort of kind of interesting because, well, Mike Weir is sponsored by Golf Down and plays Tour Edge and is sponsored by them, but yet there's no... I still haven't seen an exotics product in a golf town. Yeah. And I thought for sure that you that would be... You would think that would be a marriage made in heaven. I thought for sure. <laughs> I thought for sure that was going to mean more left-handed products. Yes. You yeah. know, with, with a deeper deeper exposure into Canada. Yep. And it hasn't quite happened that way. Now, maybe it's, this, maybe it's because of distribution or, or something. You know, because er, everything that's Tour Edge comes through golf trends yes so but i'm sure i'm sure golf trends has a good relationship with with golf town because again golf town i'm sure doesn't get their their the product that they sell from the company directly they're going through distributors yeah so I, I i don't get it i don't understand why that hasn't happened yeah like i'm i'm sort of i'm sort of baffled by it to be totally honest yeah you know um, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the reality is you don't have to be playing Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, you know, any of the companies that spend big money on marketing or advertising when there's, yeah. there, there's companies out there. But, you know, sticking to your point, like Golf Avenue, of course, they're a pre-owned um, online. online golf store. Yes. Um, you know, you know where where it's all secondhand or, or predominantly secondhand. They do sell a new product there as yeah. well. Yeah. And you know they had they actually had new level on on theirs, but it was only for the nine or two forged. Right. No no sub seventy. Yeah. So I asked them. They're like, well, they're not pro line clubs. Um, oh yeah, really? That was the response I got from from chat when I when I when I uh, was chatting with. I would think by they're not, not pro line. Not being pro line, meaning we don't see them on the PGA tour. That's exactly what the translation is. Exactly. So does that mean they're not as good as these so-called pro line clubs? No, it does not mean that. It means that people just don't know them. Yeah, I'm willing to bet the guy that you talked to had no no clues to how good these clubs are. Yeah, you know, like I had people. I no clue. I've seen you hit the tour edge out here, the irons. It's it's amazing. And those it's are the ball flight. Oh. And so you could call up these guys. Some of these guys, you know, you got this and tour edge. You got this and tour. No, we don't because they're not a pro line yeah. club. Yes, they are. Yeah. They are. What, what they should just be saying. That, that, you know what? It's because Tour Edge and Haywood and Sub 70 
these small market companies do not have the money to pay Dustin Johnson millions of dollars a year to use their product. Correct. That's all it is. Yep. That's all. That, that, that's all it is. Oh yeah. And speaking of those two red irons. Yes. Um. So I regripped them. Yes. But before I regripped them, I knew that they were sort of kind of long. Yes. And they were extended by about one inch. Oh. So I took some off. So yes. we're gonna see what happens today. But there's brand new grips on there that I'm testing from Golf Pride, and that's the C the CPX grips which are their softest performance grip that they've come out with yet. So we're going to see what happens with those Golf Pride grips. Yeah, I just I thought I'd throw that in there. Two pros on mine. Yep. So, size, so I love them. See, I only went so standard. I want to see what you have. Yeah, I only went standard. Yes. Um, but they do offer them in midsize. Yeah. So, um, and, and they're a reasonable price as well. You know, they, they're, they've got, they're, I think, $9.95 a grip in U.S. funds on their website. Yep. So they're pretty fair. Yeah. You know, they they're, they're definitely less than the... Uh, than the MCCs. Yes. Oh. The multi compounds, yeah. right? So. I was never a fan of those. I just found them too abrasive. Like, you didn't like the cord? Correct. I used to play cord. Yep. Back when I was younger. Yep. Not now. My hands have had it. Yeah. So, let's talk about something else here. Okay. Uh, ball marks. Oh boy. Okay. Ball marks. We're going to touch on ball marks and divot replacement and playing out of divots. Yes. Right? Correct. And that's all we're going to talk about. So first of all, ball marks. I am going to start this off by saying that the last time I played out here, last Wednesday, in the men's night, on one, one of the greens, as I'm walking towards my ball to mark it, I fixed six ball marks. I counted them, six. I was just on the way to my ball. Obviously I fixed my own, which is seven. So, you know, I mean, people, when, when people check in, when golfers come in and check in, they don't, they're not told Please fix your ball mark and at least one other. If four guys did that per hole, there's eight ball marks fixed per green. And we talked about this before a little bit. Yeah. Was it the, who complains about ball marks on greens? Generally, the guys that don't fix them. Correct. Yeah. So ultimately. Why is it that people don't fix ball marks? Is it entitlement? Someone's going to do it for me? Is it laziness? My mind, it's, it, it could be, it's one of two things or both. It's laziness and I'm not going to touch that because three things. Laziness, I don't know how to fix it or it's not my job. Yeah, which falls into that entitlement uh, bracket. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and why I mean, would why would I fix this when I'm paying this this amount of money to play the golf course, and they're out of that, they're paying guys to come out and fix the greens and stuff. No, you you damage that. You fix it. It is damage. You break it, you buy it. Absolutely. You know that that applies. Back to the Tanto 
divot tools. Yes. Get one of these things, any kind of divot tool, and fix David? the ball marks. Like, you know what, I'm going to sound a little bit stupid here for a second. Or not stupid, but, uh, I, 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 yeah, maybe stupid. But you know what, here's the thing. It's really cool to make them, to make a ball mark, because yeah. it means that you get a good shot. I think it's even cooler to, you know, get out your dip tool, or in the case of Tanto, you know, flick it open, you know, and sort of kind of swagger over there and fix that mark, that ball mark. Because you know what, you, you it, to make a ball mark, you probably suck the golf ball well. Exactly, that's what I was just going to say. If you're fixing your ball mark, it's an, it's a mark of how good you hit that ball into that green. Yes. You know, so fix it. Fix at least one of them. Yep. If I can fix six, plus my own, which is seven, and we, we didn't we didn't hold anybody up. I mean, they can do it. Yeah. So, anyway, divots. Well, I just want to stay with Sorry, with, the, with the uh, the ball marks for a second. I mean, you know, we've both been on golf courses where we've seen the ball marks or the green surfaces resemble the moon the moon so would you describe the lack of repair of ball marks an epidemic no you don't think it's epidemic I don't think it's epidemic I've been on courses where yes they were but that was you know in the past I guess yeah um, have I played the course lately where it's been an epidemic no um, but then again, I haven't played certain horses. I'm not going to mention. Yeah. Um, this one. Yeah, I think I think the players out here could fix more ball marks. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Some of them are so noticeable. It's like I don't know how you you don't fix that ball mark. It's a crater. Yeah. You can see it from the from the fairway. Yeah. Yeah. It's. You know what? It's I know I just to me it's disrespectful. Well, that's exactly it. it it's that's exactly what it what it is. It's totally disrespectful. Yeah. You know, like okay, so so yes, divots. Well, I don't know. It okay. I, after talking to certain greens people, I was told that. The best thing to do to fix a divot in the fairway is to put seed mix, the seed mix in. Right. Pour some in, give a little one step with your foot, yep. walk away. Yeah. As opposed to replacing a divot, because nine times out of ten that divot will not take, and now you have this burn patch on there where the divot has not taken, it's dried out, it's dead, it's never coming back. Right. Now somebody else has to come out, pick up the divot, and put in seed mix. Yeah. Now, in light of that, so far out here, we do not have seed mix that on the carts. Right. Now we're walking, but I mean, there's there's the opportunity to have them give us a little container of seed mix, and we fix our divots. Yeah. Um, I know where you're going to go with the divots in the fairway, so. Be my guest. That's well. First of all, that's my take on, you know, on divots. Yep. I would rather leave them where they lay after a shot, but I, I really wish I had seed mix just to give it a little squirt and 
at home. I walk away. Absolutely. And, you know, even, even like, walking. Right now, you know, as, as you know, I'm testing the Big Max card. Yes. And they have an attachment for a seed bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would love to have a seed bottle on my, on my cart. I mean, the, the potential of having my cart turn into a gypsy wagon with all the accessories yeah. is very real. Yeah. It's very real. And you end up with more room for your bag. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, I was going somewhere with that, but I can't remember what it was now. I lost I lost my train of thought. Well, we were talking about putting the seat mix in out there. Oh, oh yeah. Like, I, I mean, I would love to just be able to do it myself as I'm walking up the fairway. Y- you well, know, Gabriel, like... Why do we have to put the onus on the, on the greens people? Well, you shouldn't have to. No, no, we, no, you're right. We should it, not have to. Because it actually increases the... Potentially, what happens? It increases the labor budget. What happens to the green fees the next year? They go up. They go up, and people people squat. Correct. Why? Why are they going up? Well, cost of maintaining the golf course, which yep. comes back to fixing ball marks on the greens and doing fixing up the, the fairways where you guys tore up pelts. It's, it's all cause and effect. Absolutely. It's all cause and effect, and that's the thing that I think a lot of you know, golfers, you know, especially the casual golfer, don't realize, they don't realize the business and understand the business side of the game, you know, and how everything is affected. And, how, and more often than not, there's a reason why everything is done and why something isn't done, you know. So, um, you know, and as far as, as far as debits go, what's your take uh, overall? Ground under repair? Yes. Free lift? Yes. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I'm, I'm there too. You know what? If they, What's they, the difference between um, um, seed mix up there, right? Yeah. What's What's the difference between your ball sitting on that or an area six feet to the right where it's marked off with, you know, the white the white spray? Yeah. Ground under repair. Yeah. Because we put seed mix in. What? Tell me the difference. What's the difference? Well. Is there? There, there? there isn't. No, there is not. I mean, you know, and, and here's the thing. When they made the rule changes, and for the longest time, you know, I was like, you know what? It's not ground under repair. You know, it, it's fine. Just just set the ball back in your stance more and, you know, put a, a steeper blow on the, on the golf ball because that's how you hit out of those damn things. Yes. But you know what? It's one of those things where maybe... You know, as I've gotten older, I've become more mellow and, you know, maybe a little more wise. And I think it comes down to wise. Wow. Me no, wise. seriously, think about it. Yeah. Why would you play? Why would you play your ball out of seed mix? Yeah. Where you're going to hit down on that thing, tear all that seed mix out. Yeah. And then at nine times, well, come on. Yeah. Every single time that's done. Are they? Are the, is the golfer going to put down more seat mix? Yes or no? No. No. They're going to walk away. Yeah. So we just had greens people out there yeah. the day before. What drove around the whole course, putting seat mix in all the divots, and then some guy comes along and tears it out again. Yeah. No, move the ball three or four inches and play it. And play it. And play it. Yep. So I'm I'm now in the school of. No, nah, ground under repair. If they can change a, a, a stupid golf rule, the way you drop a golf ball, instead of doing what we used to do and dropping it from knee, knee height, 
grounding your club in hazards. Correct? Correct. Why can't you move your ball three, four inches out of the divot? I don't get it. I don't either. In fact, I would go so far as to say you are not allowed to move it left or right. You, you have to move it, move it back, back and keep that divot between you and the hole. Correct. Because, and, and the reason why that's so good is because how do, how do turf, turf guys and gals, range owners, how do they prefer their divot patterns? Straight. Straight and, 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 and stripes. Okay. Correct. Correct. So that falls Not in. Really yeah. Right. So that so that would fall in that same thing where you know what you just play it right behind and if you take a divot, which hopefully you actually do. Yeah. Um, you know then they come along and just fill up that one and no harm, no foul. None. No. Well, that's my take. No, that's I mean, and and we're we're I'm getting off my soapbox now. Get off your soapbox. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. This is, I could go on forever about how you know, certain golfers treat the golf course. Oh, I mean, lack thereof. That's that's another conversation for, for another conversation for another day. Yeah. You know. What's your take on now taking the pin out of the hole? But we, I personally, I've gotten so used to having that pin in, I just leave it in without even thinking. Yeah. See, I, I, and, and to answer your question, I'm indifferent. Um, I actually have gotten used to it as well, much like yourself, where, you know what, just leave it. I don't even care at this point. I mean, for one, I'm just happy to be out playing golf. You want to. You know, like that, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's nice to hear the natural sound of the ball hitting that, that poly vinyl. You know what, by the same token, it's nice to hear somebody pull the flag out and let it drop on the green. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I think my honest answer is I'm indifferent to it. Yeah. You know, like, it it don't matter. Whatever, I, I tend to do whatever the, anyone else in, in the foursome or twosome is doing. If they yeah. leave it in, leave it in. If they take it out, it's fine. It's fine too. Yes. Y you know, I, yes. I. Would I rather have it in or out? I'm like you. I'm, I'm indifferent. Yeah. Like I think the only time where I would go out of my way to have it pulled is a chip from off the green when I'm above the pin and it's down going downhill. You'd have it out. I think I would. I would take it out. Yeah. I'd be more inclined to, to leave, leave it, it in. in to stop the ball from. I mean, either way, if you. I mean, either way, if you if you hit it too hard, it hits the pin. It could carry them in any any direction. Yeah. You know where. I know if if the pin's out, and it's, it's too hard. It's all yeah, yeah. It just goes straight downhill, I guess. Yeah. Which would mean uh, technically an easier putt yes. coming back up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm indifferent to it. I mean, you know where. Hopefully not going to have to deal with that ever again, um, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, no, no. I, yeah, no. I like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like you. Yeah, no. So. Are you going to do that? Yeah, no. <laughs> not very likely. <laughs> so, no, I think, um, you know, I think we've gotten to that time where it's time to say, hasta la vista, babies. Grab a small bucket, hit some balls, and then go play nine. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Or not even, or not even hit the balls. You know, 
Yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to. I oh. mean, I, you know. Oh, no, let's just pull the oh, Okay, if I got to be the honest one here, I need to hit about 20 balls. I don't need a bucket. I need like 10 to 20 golf balls. I was always one to warm up on the range before I went to play. Yeah. But I had the opportunity to do that. I know there are yeah. people that just, they don't, and they show up on time to go and play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that good for you. But me, no, I got to warm up. I can't go. And I don't warm up with a driver. No. No. Like that gets me in, that always got me in trouble. Okay, so have you ever gone to a range and the first thing that you swung was a, was a driver? Have I ever? Yeah. I mean, lately? Yeah. Or when I was a kid. No, 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 no. Teens. In your wiser years. Did I ever? Mm -hmm. Never. Never. Never did. Like, I, I absolutely hate that when you show up at a course and you got to go right away. You know, well, I, I heard something on the uh, Champions Tour the other day. Um, they were talking about uh, warming up on the range. And the guy mentioned Tom Watson. And he says, Watson always went to the range. First club he pulled off his bag was a three iron. And if he hit a couple wonky shots with the three iron, he put it away and thought, well, you know what, um, it, it will get better. And then he would work through the bag. If he hit the three iron really well, he thought, well, okay, I'm gonna have a good day today. Everything's gonna be just fine. Well, I don't buy that. It sounds like he was drinking again at the time <laughs> when he came out with that statement. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah, like, like um, you know, and conversely, you have someone like Fred Couples who, the first club, I remember it was a, you remember those playing with the pros segments on, yes. on the Golf Channel? Yes. And he was on. And he warms up with a seven iron. Yeah. You know, because... I generally always pull out a seven or an eight. See me... Take a few practice swings and then hit a couple balls. Me, it's a couple wedges. And it's mostly, it's mostly to reinforce a feel that impact. Correct. Yes. You know, I mean, stretching is a big part, you know, with the, yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as we get older, yeah. you know, we can't do what we used to do, like go play baseball, you know what, not even going to stretch, let's just go and play, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. now if I were, if I were to think of doing that now, my, my body actually breaks as I'm talking about it, yeah. you know, so, get yeah, the paramedics. yeah, so we'll, you know, we'll go ahead, do ourselves a favor and hit a couple balls, all right, doesn't have to be a whole bucket. I will get one. So, yeah. So we'll we'll sign off. We're going to go play some golf now. So. Um, well, this was good. Thank you very much. It was. I thought it was a very good segment. I thought it was pretty darn good too. You know, and of course, you know, thanks everyone at Niagara National for hosting us. Um, it's a beautiful day out there. The course looks fabulous. They're cutting the fairways a little shorter now. They're going to get around to uh, speeding up the greens. Yep, Beverage cart is getting ready to go out. The rough is a little shorter. They're, you know, they're able to cut that down a bit, and it makes it a lot more enjoyable to play. And I got to point out that the beverage cart is getting ready to go out. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that's it for this week. So, signing off from Niagara National Golf and Country Club, it's your hosts, Alexander Toth and Doug Water, saying take care. Stay safe, and we'll see you on the next team.